cabin in the pines. The year was 2023, and the Berkshires welcomed the summer with open arms, its lush pine forests and tranquil lakes enticing city dwellers seeking refuge from their hectic lives. Nestled in the heart of this idyllic landscape, a charming vacation home stood, a sanctuary for a family yearning to bond in the midst of nature's embrace. The Blake family, comprised of Mark, the patriarch, a successful lawyer with an appetite for adventure, Susan, the loving mother, a pediatrician who cherished family moments above all, Emily, their teenage daughter, an aspiring writer with a penchant for mysteries, and Thomas, the youngest, a precocious eight-year-old with an insatiable curiosity, had rented the cabin for two weeks of peace and relaxation. The cabin itself was a rustic haven, adorned with a cozy stone fireplace and large windows that framed picturesque views of the surrounding pine trees. On the day of their arrival, the sky was cloudless, and a gentle breeze rustled the leaves, offering a promise of serene days ahead. The first week unfolded as a tranquil reverie. The family hiked in the woods, canoed on the shimmering lake, and shared stories by the fire in the evenings. Emily spent her afternoons exploring the woods, jotting down observations and imagining thrilling tales of intrigue. It was during one such excursion that she stumbled upon a peculiar discovery, a weathered, leather-bound diary half-buried beneath a pile of pine needles. The diary was dated 1978 and belonged to someone named Lucy Thornton, who had spent a summer in this very cabin. Emily's imagination ignited, envisioning hidden secrets and long-forgotten mysteries. She couldn't resist the temptation to read it, though it felt like an invasion of someone else's private world. The diary's entries were a blend of everyday musings and poetic descriptions of the surroundings. However, as Emily delved deeper into its pages, she noticed a series of coded messages, meticulously interspersed throughout the journal. The entries mentioned a treasure, concealed somewhere on the property, and contained cryptic clues that seemed to hint at its location. Intrigued and thrilled by the prospect of an actual mystery to solve, Emily decided to keep her discovery a secret from her family. She would attempt to decipher the code on her own, believing that it might lead to an exciting adventure they could all share. Little did she know that this decision would set in motion a series of events that would turn their idyllic vacation into a harrowing ordeal. As Emily immersed herself in the diary, the atmosphere at the cabin began to change. Tension simmered beneath the surface, and subtle disagreements flared into heated arguments. Mark and Susan, who had once shared their dreams and laughter by the fire, now found themselves at odds over trivial matters, leaving Emily and Thomas caught in the crossfire. Emily attributed these rifts to cabin fever and the stress of her parents' demanding jobs. However, as days turned into weeks, the discord deepened, and the once harmonious family dynamic began to crumble. Unbeknownst to Emily, her obsession with Lucy Thornton's diary was casting a shadow over their vacation. With each decoded clue she unraveled, Emily grew more consumed by the mystery. She ventured deeper into the woods, often returning late, covered in dirt and pine needles. Her obsession worried her parents, who could sense the growing rift between them and their daughter. Susan, in particular, had noticed a shift in Emily's behavior and a growing distance between them. One evening, as the family sat around the fire, Emily absent-mindedly traced the patterns in the diary with her finger. Her father, Mark, noticed her preoccupation and couldn't contain his frustration any longer. Emily, can't you put that diary away for a moment and be present with us, he demanded, his voice laced with annoyance. Susan jumped to her daughter's defense. Mark, she's just trying to have some fun. Let her be. But the tension lingered, and as the fire crackled, the family fell into an uncomfortable silence, their thoughts simmering beneath the surface. The next morning, Emily was determined to decode another clue from the diary. 
she announced her plans to head into the woods once more, despite her parents' concerns. Mark and Susan exchanged worried glances but ultimately relented, hoping that allowing Emily to follow her passion would mend their fractured family bonds. As Emily ventured deeper into the woods, she was oblivious to the rising tensions at the cabin. Mark and Susan argued bitterly, blaming each other for their deteriorating relationship and their children's emotional distress. Thomas, caught in the crossfire, retreated to his room, where he found solace in his books and toys. Meanwhile, Emily followed the cryptic clues from Lucy Thornton's diary, determined to unravel the mystery that had captivated her imagination. She reached a clearing deep in the forest, where an ancient pine tree, gnarled and twisted, stood as if guarding a hidden secret. The diary's clues had led her here, and she began to dig beneath the roots. As her hands dug deeper into the soil, she felt a sudden jolt, a metallic object hidden just beneath the surface. Her heart raced as she unearthed a small, rusted box. With trembling hands, she opened it to reveal a collection of old coins, a weathered photograph, and a faded note. The note read, The treasure you seek is not in gold or silver, but in the love and memories you make. Cherish what you have, for it is the true treasure of life. As Emily read the note, tears welled up in her eyes. She realized that her obsession with the diary had driven a wedge between her and her family, and that the true treasure of their vacation was the love they shared. With the realization came a profound sense of guilt and regret. She hurried back to the cabin, eager to make amends and to share her discovery with her family. However, when she arrived, she found the cabin in disarray. Furniture was overturned, and the atmosphere was tense and foreboding. Her parents were nowhere to be seen, and her little brother, Thomas, was crying in his room. Terrified and confused, Emily rushed to Thomas's side and tried to console him. Between sobs, he managed to utter a few words that sent chills down Emily's spine. Mom and Dad, they were fighting. I heard a loud noise, and then they were gone. Panic gripped Emily as she realized her parents were missing. She searched the cabin and the surrounding area, but there was no sign of them. Fear gnawed at her, and she couldn't shake the feeling that her obsession with the diary had somehow led to this terrifying turn of events. As the hours passed and darkness descended upon the cabin, Emily and Thomas huddled together, their fear growing with each passing minute. Emily had no choice but to call for help. She reached for her phone and dialed 911, praying that someone would come to their rescue. The local authorities arrived at the cabin, their flashlights piercing the darkness. Emily and Thomas recounted the events of the past few weeks, the diary, the cryptic clues, and their parents' arguments. The police initiated a search of the surrounding woods, hoping to find any trace of Mark and Susan Blake. Days turned into weeks as the search for Emily's parents continued, but no evidence emerged to shed light on their disappearance. The cabin in the pines, once a place of tranquility and family bonding, had become a place of fear and uncertainty. As Emily and Thomas waited anxiously for news of their parents, they clung to each other, finding solace in their shared fear and loss. The community rallied around them, offering support and comfort during this trying time. Throughout the ordeal, Emily continued to puzzle over the diary and the cryptic clues that had led her to the gnarled pine tree. She couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to the mystery than met the eye. She became determined to unravel the truth, not just for herself, but for her parents, who remained missing. In her quest for answers, Emily uncovered hidden secrets about her family that she had never imagined. She discovered that her parents had been struggling with their own issues for years, and that the vacation in the Berkshires had been an attempt to mend their fractured relationship. As Emily delved deeper into her parents' past, she realized that their disappearance might be connected to events long buried in their history. 
The clues from Lucy Thornton's diary took on new meaning as Emily pieced together a puzzle of family secrets, betrayal, and deception. She found herself drawn into a web of lies and intrigue that spanned generations, and she couldn't help but wonder if her own family had been torn apart by the same forces that had haunted Lucy Thornton all those years ago. As Emily's investigation led her deeper into the past, she began to suspect that someone in the present was determined to keep those secrets buried. She received anonymous threats and warnings, urging her to stop digging into her family's history. But Emily was undeterred. She was determined to uncover the truth, no matter the cost. The tension in the cabin grew as Emily's investigation continued. She clashed with the local authorities, who believed that her obsession with the diary was clouding her judgment. She pushed away well-meaning neighbors and friends, convinced that they were part of the conspiracy to keep the truth hidden. One evening, as Emily sat in the cabin, poring over old family photographs and documents, she heard a creaking sound from the hallway. She froze, her heart pounding in her chest. The cabin felt like a prison, and she couldn't shake the feeling that someone was watching her. As she cautiously made her way down the hallway, she heard a soft whisper, barely audible. It sent shivers down her spine. She followed the sound, her breath coming in short, shallow gasps. It led her to a hidden door in the cabin's wall, a door she had never noticed before. With trembling hands, Emily pushed open the door and stepped into a hidden room, its walls covered in old newspaper clippings, photographs, and notes. It was a room filled with the history of her family, a room that held the answers to the mystery that had torn them apart. As Emily examined the documents and photographs, she pieced together the story of Lucy Thornton and her connection to her own family. She realized that Lucy had been a close friend of her grandparents, and that they had shared a dark secret that had haunted them for decades. The truth was more shocking than Emily could have ever imagined. It was a truth that implicated members of her own family, people she had loved and trusted. It was a truth that had led to the disappearance of her parents, a truth that someone was willing to kill to protect. As Emily stood in the hidden room, her mind raced with the implications of what she had discovered. She knew that she was closing in on the answer she had sought, but she also knew that she was in grave danger. The killer, the one who had silenced her parents, was still out there, watching and waiting. With newfound determination, Emily vowed to confront the killer and bring the truth to light. She knew that she couldn't do it alone, so she reached out to the one person she could trust, the local sheriff, who had been investigating her parents' disappearance from the beginning. Together, they formulated a plan to expose the killer and bring him to justice. They gathered evidence, interviewed witnesses, and pieced together the events that had led to the fateful night when Emily's parents had vanished. As the pieces of the puzzle fell into place, Emily and the sheriff grew closer to unmasking the killer's identity. But the closer they got, the more dangerous the situation became. The killer was desperate to protect his secrets, and he would stop at nothing to ensure that the truth remained buried. The tension reached a boiling point one night, as Emily and the sheriff closed in on their suspect. They confronted him in a dramatic showdown that would reveal the shocking truth about the cabin in the pines, the diary, and the secrets that had torn a family apart. It turns out the killer was. Hey everybody, welcome to the last episode this season of Murder by Algorithm. Another walking episode, so get ready to hear us. Totally out of breath. Yes. Alright, this wasn't what I was expecting. No, the story was probably the most confusing, which is interesting because the first episode had like a hundred characters. And it was easier to follow than this because there's almost like nothing. Yeah, it was just a family going out to a cabin 
and then they clearly had problems and then talking about the kids and she finds a diary so i guess why don't we go through the list of characters that we do know right so there is susan and mark husband and wife emily and thomas their children lucy who's the one that was murdered and had the diary and the sheriff is what we got yeah with no name sheriff no name so this was a weird one um yeah i it wasn't like a murder per se. Well, it was. Lucy was murdered, and then the parents disappeared, so we can assume that either that someone murdered them or they're in on it, right? This has something to do with Lucy and the parents. She's in the sky with diamonds. (laughs) I guess. So Lucy's a friend of the grandparents. That's knowledge that we know. So Lucy is presumably older. So what the hell does that have to do with anything? So So it's Emily and Thomas's grandparents, but it would be either Mark or Susan's Parents. parents friend yeah so you said you said you had a theory yeah so i do have a theory okay <laughs> this theory is gonna be so much better than the trash that the story makes i have a theory that um the grandfather of had an affair whoever lucy was friends with the, yeah yeah well the grandfather of emily and thomas yes the parents of either yeah one of the parents Mark on or side. Susan, right yeah. that the grandfather had an affair with lucy and then killed her in this cabin Jesus, it's dark. I know. And that the family paid off the sheriff, blah, blah, blah. Keep it quiet. Right. And it's like a well-known secret, but it's like the smut of their family. But the end doesn't make sense because she went to the sheriff and then it was like, oh, the killer was. So this is a thing. The story inadvertently kind of revealed his intentions referring to the murderer. The AI did mention it was a guy. It did give us a hint that it was male, but I was, I suspected some kind of love triangle thing anyway, because the story was so vague that I was like, well, why would anyone give a fuck? You know what? I think it was the mob. It was the mob that did it. Well, the other theory is it could have been the sheriff. Yeah. Is that Emily turns to him and is like, oh, let me go to the sheriff. And then he's helping solve this murder that he knows he's committed. And then his intentions, meaning the sheriff, were revealed. And, he, and then he strangles and kills Emily because Emily sucks. That's it. I mean, there's really nobody. Third hint for third idea is that it's Emily because it's always Emily. No, she but was for just real. driven insane by my real, reading the diaries. <laughs> my real third is that Lucy was never killed. She was alive the entire time. And- yeah. She killed the parents in revenge or some shit? Maybe. For something? Or the father. It's the father's parents, and he had a young man boner for Lucy (laughs) because Lucy was his mother's friend. He was like, oh, damn. He had a Phoebe Cates, like, hot older woman moment, and he had to kill his wife and then run away. It's definitely one of those things I'm going to improve with the second season of this is making sure that we actually have (laughs) enough characters to be able to guess. We don't want like 57 characters, but, you know, we do want to be able to guess the actual killer because right now it's the parents disappeared. So there were six suspects. Lucy supposedly died, and then the mother and father disappeared. They disappeared, and the kids are just left alone. The Half of them. The brother's crying in his room. Okay, well, is Thomas a little psycho and killed everybody? Maybe. Is he a time-traveling psycho? But what does that have to do with, like, the past and delving into the secrets and the... I know. Sp- What's everything the newspaper is... room? Is it, like, a sex room? Where... Yeah, what the fuck was it? And it had history of their entire family. I thought it was just a vacation cabin. I didn't realize. Who, who the fuck was whispering to her? to go into that room in the first place. Does this have ghosts? Maybe it's the grandfather who likes yes, to have... Yes, come to me. Yeah. Mm, I don't know why he's like... I've got a freezer for the couch to go. <laughs> <laughs> come on, I'm capable. I don't know. 
I wouldn't say this was the strongest episode to go out on. Yeah. I like the last episode, honestly. A lot better, that story. This is awkward. Yeah. Well, let's reveal the trash. Oh, wait, what, do you have any ideas? I mean, honestly, I am zero for seven right now. Right, right. You're going to be zero for eight if you don't even put one up. I don't know. I, I had no theories until you started to talk, and I was like, right, and then you're that like, is good. I good. should I should latch on to that. <laughs> All right, well, which of my theories is the best? I agree with you. I think it's either the grandfather or maybe... Maybe the father or something? I like the grandfather. If I'm going all-time best round story that makes the most sense, it's the grandfather. Yeah, you know, I'm going I'm to side with you. They're referenced without yeah. being... No, I'm, going, I'm going all in on your okay. your theory. Cause going all in on me. I got, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Boy, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, folks, let's find out who the hell did this because, quite we frankly... are rambling. I got nothing. All right, you ready? Yeah. The killer in this story is Mark Blake. The, the dad, father. The father. Okay. That was my second scenario. I did actually say it could have been the grandfather or the father. So does that make no, me point... I actually said that. Does that make me point five? No, no, no. By association? Those are things that I said. <laughs> what? Okay, hold on. Let's find out why. Because he had a... Tra- Remember my theory about his hold childhood on. boner? Up. The clues and hints... Hold on. There's a lot of stuff. Throughout the story suggests Mark Blake is a killer... Tensions within the family, escalating arguments between Mark and Susan provide a motive for the crime. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, that's just a normal husband and wife, but that's fine. Emily's obsession with the diary. Mark's frustration with Emily's preoccupation with the diary might make be an attempt to divert attention from himself. No. Mark's reaction to Emily's discovery. Mark's annoyance with Emily and his insistence on her putting away the diary. The reaction to his fear of the exposure. Uh, disappearance after a heated argument. The disappearance of Mark and Susan follows particularly intense argument, indicating a possible connection to that. In a history of family secrets, the hidden room with the old documents and photographs points to a dark family history implicating Mark. I disagree. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot of weird... Okay, but what was his, what was his motive for killing Lucy? I don't know. Let me, let me ask, because yeah. I feel like we need answers. Hold I on. need to know why. It's, it, otherwise, I'm going with childhood boner. Yeah. Just says the story doesn't reveal Mark's motive for killing Lucy. The, the motive could be related to family secret conflicts or personal reasons. It is a childhood boner. Okay. So it's literally just the vaguest possible answer that we could be provided. Childhood boner. Childhood boner. We'll go with childhood boner. Here, okay, I'm going to set a good story with this trash. (laughs) Maybe you should write these. It was 1983. Mark was a young boy hitting puberty. He went to his family's favorite vacation cabin, where his mother's best friend Lucy would come and visit them often. While Mark was discovering summer that year, he was also discovering other things. Like his balls. Childhood boners. Mark got obsessed with Lucy, and as a responsible adult who's not a pedo, she turned down his advancements. Mark's boner got really upset, and he killed Lucy. The end. Yeah. Well, with that, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this has been a very strange adventure. We'll talk about our thoughts on it in the next episode. Yes, we will. And uh, keep on killing. Yeah. No. Happy murdering all that fun stuff stay tuned for next season where we actually probably do a better job of everything we across the board we do not yeah stay classy san diego <laughs> all right see you guys later Bye. 
Murder by Algorithm. <laughs>